whether you have depression or not, this program is going to help you. Because we are all at risk of depression, we all can use Dr. Rosina's depression tips to prevent and treat depression. So keep watching. Hello, friends. I'm Ben Egbers, and you are listening to our live show, Happy and Healthy with Dr. Rosina, where we discuss simple and practical tools for optimum health and happiness. With me is Dr. Rosina Lacani. She's an MD psychiatrist, clinical professor at University of Washington, and author of the best-selling book, Stress to Joy. She's been helping people with depression for more than 20 years with medications and advanced treatments like TMS and Spravato. Today, we are talking about how to make depression go away and feel happy again. Depression is the mysterious disease that causes the biggest burden of disability and biggest risk factor of suicides. Can you keep depression away? And if it comes, can you make it go away? In this program, you will learn why is it so important to prevent and treat depression in early stages? How is depression different from a depressed mood? What can you do to prevent depression? And if you've never experienced depression, or if you have, your depression is in control at this time. What can you do if you have mild, moderate, or severe depression? And we will end our program today with one of the Dr. Rosina specials. If this is your first time, let me remind you that this program is being recorded live. You can ask questions and we will try to address them during the show. If you are listening to the recording of this program, you can still submit your questions in the comment section and we will try our best to respond to your queries. Please let us know in the comments what you would like to learn about depression. So Rosina, Dr. Rosina, can you tell us why depression prevention is so important even for people without depression? Because depression is one of the biggest burden for disability and so and one of the biggest risk factor for suicide. And did you know how many people do suffer from depression? How many? So about 20% of the people experience depression sometime. And so if you are like in a group of five, one of them could be suffering from depression. So either you or somebody you know, your family or friends may be struggling from depression. You may not know because it is so stigmatized and people may not share or people may not even know that they may be struggling from depression. Their sleep or their irritability or their eating patterns are because of their depression. So it is extremely important that people understand what it is and take steps to prevent and get early treatment. Great. So we're in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic right now. And I'm wondering, is is there an increased risk for those of us who are going through this right now for uh, developing depression? Yes, absolutely. Be- because of the COVID-19, a lot of our protective mechanisms like social connectedness and strong social support is one of the protective mechanisms that prevents the depression from happening. That is being limited. A lot of other tools, the other actions that we do, our routines, our good nutrition and exercise and work, all those things that help prevent the depression are also limited. And so we are at higher risk, especially people who are, let's say, in healthcare industry. We are facing the illness and afraid of bringing it to their family. So they're kind of pushing, they're doing longer hours. A lot of people are under stress because of financial problems. So a lot of stress 
can lead to depression and therefore we are at very high risk so it has been always important but it is especially important at this time that we take steps to prevent it from happening and get early treatment if it is happening so that we can prevent it from worsening or resulting in dangerous consequences great thank you so you know sometimes people say i feel depressed or sad is that the same for as depression and is depression the same as feeling sadness or a depressed mood well, see depressed mood is part of your normal emotional fluctuation so like something good happens you feel good something bad happens you feel sad god forbid you lose somebody or you lose your job or something like that it's normal and natural to feel depressed for a short period of time if that grief becomes prolonged and you're not able to pull yourself out so let's say if somebody is just having depressed mood if this is normal and this is depressed mood they go down but then they are able to come out they're mm. able to enjoy the things that are happening around more so if you have a loss in the family it's natural not to enjoy in things that you used to enjoy before if it is lasting too long if it is lasting for more than 2 weeks and you're not able to pull out and you're not able to laugh at the things that used to make you laugh or you know watching the comedy movie or meeting friends things that used to make give you joy if they're not giving you joy then it becomes it is going towards clinical depression so that's the difference sure. between depressed mood and clinical depression and many people kind of use it interchangeably but there's a there's definite difference in terms of the severity and the length of time it stays and your ability to pull yourself out great thank you for explaining that so can someone if someone is suffering from depression can they still function so for example doctors nurses lawyers people out there working right now yes yes and that is the biggest portion of depression there a lot of of course depression does affect a person's functioning but if they're having kind of mild difficulties their sleep is getting disturbed but they they are able to push themselves out they're not feeling like laughing or smiling but they're able to mask themselves and uh, they don't show and then they push themselves and do the best so outside people may think there's no problem but inside that person is really suffering and they're not able to be the best they could be or enjoy things or feel happy inside i see all right So if I don't have depression is it possible that I can actually prevent depression? Yes you can. So in past we used to believe that depression is biological condition and once it happens it happens if you have predisposition there's nothing you can do to prevent it from happening. So 10 years back Institute of Mental Illnesses uh, came up with a statement that depression is not preventable you can only treat it but over the years there has been more and more studies that have shown that you can actually prevent the first time onset of depression and delay the onset of depression in people who are likely to have the depression and so now they have changed their statement that depression can be prevented okay great so and if i do actually have depression is it possible that i can make it go away if i do Yes, definitely. 80% of the people who seek treatment treatment get better. But even the people who are having subclinical depression when they take the steps that we are going to talk a little later, they can make the depression go away or at least reduce the severity of it so they can improve their functioning. So I'm the question I want to know now then is how do you make it go away? Do you always have to take medication? No, not necessarily. you know there is a lot of confusion like if you if you go in the media some people say oh okay if you take let's say vitamin d or you do this yoga or you do something you're never going to feel depressed again and 
that is not true because you know there are 10% of the cases of depression that may happen without any stress or any without any external event and there's not one pill fix everything so there are many different types of depression it also depends on the severity of depression like is it mild moderate severe and it also depends on the stage of depression because sometimes you can have depression and then you may not have depression for 10 years so those 10 years you are like depression free and so it really depends on how frequently you've had depression in past and how severe it is that you may need medications or need psychotherapy or some other advanced treatment so it looks like we're going to be talking about the five lines of defense against depression today so can you tell us a little bit more about that and why this framework in particular? Yeah, so as I was saying that there's so much outside available that it really confuses people in terms of should they do this or should they do that and what is the best treatment approach? So to help them clarify, I try to educate my patients to take proactive steps. So one of the patients one time asked me, you know, if, if she can do something and I, I was giving her the tools. And so she found one tool on one of the books and then she was saying that if I start following these things, then can I just stop taking the medication? And so she was re reading a review and she said, like, you know, this person said that when they followed this depression cure and stopped their medication, they became, you know, after a few months, they became severely depressed and they lost almost a year of their life because of the severe depression. So you don't want to do that. And so it kind of really causes confusion, especially when people come to me for medication or advanced treatment, how do they consolidate? So therefore I came up with this framework and I set up like five lines of defense, like, you know, in the soccer, if you know, you're going to front or you're kind of staying back and protecting. And so these are like five lines of protection that you can implement at different level of severity. Let me show you on this slide. All right, so there are things that you can do self-help wise. So you can, you can develop wellness habits, you can develop mindset habits that are within your control that you can do without even any external help. And then there are things that you can do with help. So in case your depression increases further and it becomes more severe, then you can use psychotherapy as the third line of defense, medications as fourth line of defense, and advanced treatment like ECT, TMS, or Spravado as your advanced treatment. So first line of defense, I call it wellness. And part of it we discussed last time. So if you missed the show last week, you, you can, we'll put the link in the description so you can access where Dr. Sandra talked about five wellness habits, daily wellness habits. And they have studied to show how just following those techniques for 30 days decreased level of depression by 43%. Wow. So that's a great improvement you can just bring in your level of depression by just following those wellness habits. So I divided up with, you know, these wellness habits that you can practice every day physically. And then there are unhealthy habits that you can prevent, like smoking hmm. and drinking and drugs or compulsive internet usage or compulsive gambling 
things that actually increase your risk for depression. So a lot of people, when they are alone and they're feeling sad, they think, okay, if they drink alcohol, it would numb their feeling and would make them feel better. But actually, alcohol is a depressogenic drug. So it actually increases your depression. And, and then all the consequences that come with excessive alcohol usage can lead to further depression. So doing the wellness practices that we talked about last time and avoiding the unhealthy habits would help uh, prevent the depression. I also include mindset training because if you develop positive mindset or at least neutral mindset, so non-judgmental mindset that we talked about in our mindfulness program, then it would help you avoid or become more resilient when the pressure comes too much and you're at risk of depression, it would help prevent a depressive episode. Wonderful. So wellness is the first step, first line of defense. Well, let's hear about the second line of defense against depression now. So it would be stress management. So you are, uh, it's like, okay, let me differentiate like this. So there's a primary level of the prevention, there's secondary level, and there's a tertiary level. So primary level of prevention would be like hand washing when you are trying to prevent COVID-19 uh, COVID from spreading your hand washing, right? So that is your mm -hmm. primary level of depression. You don't have COVID yet and, and you don't want to get it. So you take these steps to prevent it from happening, okay? Let's say if somebody is having some symptoms, let's say they are having some breathing difficulty or some fever or some, some signs, but it is still not COVID, then they can take further steps in terms of developing their immunity, eating properly, doing exercise, and doing the things that would increase their immunity to be able to defend against this infection. So coming to mental health, the stress symptoms and stress reactivity symptoms are like pre-depression symptoms. So your sleep, is a little bit disturbed, you're getting more irritable, you're kind of having little loss of interest, but it is not severe yet. So you're kind of in that stress re reactivity mode. And so this is absolutely necessary to take steps to control your stress and develop mindset that would prevent the stress from progressing to depression. And of course, I have written the whole book and then the course and stuff, and we can put the links in the description for people to access. Great. Thank you. So moving on to the third line of defense, what are the treatments for depression? So it really depends on the severity of depression. There are some people who are just having mild to moderate depression and they can treat it with just psychotherapy. So you can see a psychologist or counselor who can do the assessment and first figure out if you do have clinical depression or something else. And if you need some other treatment, like some people with low vitamin D can present as a depressive person or somebody who has hypothyroidism. So there are many other reasons that can also present as depression. So once you see a professional, they kind of assess and see where you are. If it is mild or moderate and you want to work in therapy before medication, you work with the, th with the counselor or therapist who can help you train your brain to to be able to come out of that depression. And so there are many approaches that you can use. The most popular at this point in time is cognitive behavior therapy or psychodynamic psychotherapy, acceptance and commitment therapy. So there are different therapy approaches that could be used by that psychotherapist to help you get over this mild dip that you're going through and avoid it from becoming severe. I see. So 
going through psychotherapy is much different than just, you know, if I'm depressed and talking to a friend, for example. So uh, talking to your friend is great. Talk to your friend because that gives you protection against depression. That is something in your hand. So I said, like, those are the parts of the self-help that you can do. If that is not working and your symptoms are getting worse, let's say sometimes I educate people to do their own PHQ-9s. So PHQ-9 mm -hmm. is a clinical rating, rating scale that people can do to mm -hmm. uh, screen themselves if their symptoms of depression is getting worse. And we can put the link again in the description. Great. You can assess and it is kind of a score from 1 to 27. So let's say somebody is having more than 10 on the depression scale. That means they're kind of going into this mild to moderate level of depression. And it's time to see a professional in addition to talking with your friends and family. Okay, great. So you mentioned a little bit earlier about medications used as the fourth line of depression. And I'm sure a lot of people have questions about medications like, are depression pills bad, for example? Well, it really depends on where you are and what is your condition. If you don't have any depression and you just take it for the sake of taking it, they're bad. But if you do have depression and that these medications can help you feel good, then they're good. So it really depends on where you are. And so if somebody is having moderate to severe depression that is not getting in control with their wellness habits, that is not getting in control with their mind training with or without psychotherapy, then it is time to take the medications. That is sometimes gives me the biggest joy. A patient comes in and they're crying and they're so depressed. They're not able to enjoy their life. And I give them a simple medication. And a few weeks later, they're coming with a smile on their face. And that gives me the greatest joy of my profession. So yes, sometimes these medications are absolutely necessary. And some of them can give you side effect. And because if a medication has effect, it could also have side effect. So it also depends on how your body is tolerating. So sometimes you do some genetic testing where we can see how a body can, if your body is able to metabolize certain medications or not. And that tells us which medication would be appropriate for you or not. And sometimes it's just the clinical picture. When I say clinical picture, it means, you know, some people when they're depressed, they start eating too much. And some mm -hmm. people start eating too little. Some people start sleeping too much. Some people start sleeping too little. So depending on their circumstances, if I give somebody a medication that makes them sleepy and they are already sleeping too much, that's not the right match, right? And so that medication is not good for that person. But if somebody is sleeping too much and I give them an energizing medication that wakes them up and they feel better and their sleep goes down, to the normal level, then it's a good medication for them. So it really depends on the matching of what your situation is with the right type of medication for you. Great. So another question I hear is, if I start taking an antidepressant, am I going to have to take this forever? It also, again, depends on your situation. So if somebody has had one or two mild to moderate episodes of depression, we give them the medication. Once the person is stable, then we continue it for six to 12 months and then taper it down. So if in those six to 12 months, if they've developed enough resilience, that's why it becomes really important to keep working on those wellness and mind training tools. If you've developed enough tools and you're able to prevent have another episode from happening, then you go off the medication. You don't have to stay on medication forever. But if let's say if you've had 
three or more episodes and they have been severe and you have required hospitalization or you are becoming suicidal, then continuing the medication is less risky than having another episode of depression. And in those cases, we continue the medication. So it really depends on the severity, number of episodes, and where you are. Great. Thank you for that. So that brings us to the fifth line of defense against depression. Why don't you tell us about these advanced treatments you were mentioning? So I've kind of lumped some of the advanced treatment that are available. So now that you know, we have more technology available, more research that is showing some new tools. So one of the tools that I use is TMS. So TMS is transcranial magnetic stimulation. And we use MRI technology to stimulate the part of the brain that is not working well. You know how sometimes when somebody's heart is not working well, they kind of give the electric shock. Uh, they used to give, so in the mental health field, when somebody is not responding to medication and are having a lot of trouble, we used to give electric shock. So it was called electric shock therapy or electric convulsive therapy, ECT. Mm. Now, in past, it was kind of really stigmatized and shown as a barbaric treatment, but over the years, it has been much more sophisticated and you don't have that kind of reaction, but it's kind of person is done given electric currents while they are under anesthesia. So it's much better tolerated, but it still can cause some memory problems. So the newer treatment that came out is MRI based. So you may have, have you ever had an MRI done before? Mm -hmm. Many people have done MRI. So it's basically an MRI treatment, but the difference is in MRI, we create this magnetic resonant field around, and then we take pictures. The treatment of depression, we create the magnetic field to stimulate the part of the brain, and it's kind of done repeatedly. So when we do it repeatedly, it stimulates those neurons that are not working well, and they start functioning better, and the depression gets lifted. So that is called TMS. I was really excited when I started doing it because a lot of times when I try somebody on one medication, two medication, four medications, and they are still not responding, the rate of response goes down to, let's say, 6 or 7%. When you give the TMS, the rate of response response goes up to 67%. And so, and then 47% of those people go into total remission after just this treatment for 30 days or 25 to 30 sessions. And so I, so I started using it. And so I've had great results with that. There's another new treatment that has come out that is called Stravado. Hmm. It's basically a ketamine-based treatment. So in past, ketamine used to be used for anesthesia, for pain management. We started using for depression for a few years, but it was not lasting long enough. So when the some people needed to get the IV treatment and it would take hours. Other times we started using intranasal, so people would take the nose sprays, but then they had to use it hour after hour. So now with this longer acting ketamine called esketamine or Spravado is the trade name, we have seen 70% of the people can have depression uplifted. It's, it's an expensive treatment and the person has to stay in the clinic for two hours every time they come in. So they come in twice a week for the first month and then they come in once every once a week or once every other week depending on their response rate if the person is responding they their depression gets better and their suicidal thoughts get better and that's the that's a great tool so all these are advanced treatment that we try after we try the other treatment approaches 
So like when I say those five lines of defense, you don't stop doing the first line of defense if you're doing the fifth line of defense. You still continue to work on your wellness habits and you still work on stress management and you also continue to work on psychotherapy. And sometimes you have to continue the medications also when you're doing the TMS or Spravado. But if somebody is doing well, then we try to taper down the medications and try to go to the least amount of medication that keeps the person at the highest level of functioning. Great. Well, thank you for that. We're coming to the end of our program here, and I just wanted to summarize everything, all the great information we've heard today, talked about why it's important to prevent depression before it occurs and to treat it, to prevent it from worsening, how different approaches are needed for different levels of severity of depression, um, what we can do even before we seek help and why it's important to seek help for clinical depression and how we can develop these habits and live healthier, happier, and longer lives. We've heard a little bit about what will happen if we don't prevent or treat this depression, which is sometimes suffering and disability and death, uh, and what will happen if we do practice these prevention practices, and uh, which are avoid suffering and not only suffering for ourselves, but also those around us. So for a list of these tools for our listeners and our viewers, what we can do is you, I, we can have you text a number 38470 and the message joyful, and you'll go ahead and get a transcript of today's presentation. You can also ask questions and share any aha moments you had during the broadcast. And you can also join the Facebook group, Happy and Healthy Minds with Dr. Rosina, and you can find the link for that in the description. The purpose of this program is to help bring health and happiness to more than a million people. If you think this program may help someone, please feel free to share it and join in our mission of transforming stress, preventing depression, and spreading health and happiness. See you next week. Same day, same time, Saturdays at 11 Pacific time on Dr. Rosina's Facebook page. Let's end with Dr. Rosina's special. Dr. Rosina? Oh, thank you. So today's special, I am really excited because with this COVID-19, a lot of us are stuck at home. And so we are doing more eating and more <laughs> chores. <laughs> And so people always say, oh, I don't have time to sit down and do meditation. So I teach them these simple mindfulness meditations that they can do uh, or practices that they can do while doing activities of daily living. So let me walk you through with simple instructions for making act of dishwashing mindful. So today, after you eat your food and you're taking the plate to the sink, become aware of how it feels in your body and around your body, how you're moving and walking towards the sink. And when you turn on that tab, kind of observe how your hand turns on the tab and how when you pick up the soap and you're rubbing the dish, how it feels, watch those bubbles, feel the temperature of the water, feel the tactile sensation in your hand. And when you wash the dish and put it out, see how your hands and your body is coordinating automatically. Say a gratitude prayer in your heart for having all these abilities. Because a lot of people are not able to walk to the sink or eat, have the food or have the water or have the soap and all these things that we take it for granted we have it so give a little gratitude in your heart bring a crescent moon smile on your face and and then go ahead and do whatever you were doing so just while you are doing this act of dishwashing you can become mindful it would allow to decrease your stress and you'll have some joy in your life so dedicated to your health and happiness Dr. Rosina here.